Amen. So um, Leviticus chapter 11, we'll pick up uh, where we left off. Uh, so uh, chapter 10, uh, we studied about forbidden fire and the conduct of the priests, what was expected of them. Uh, so we saw um, the sons of Aaron uh, lose their lives for offering profaned fire and uh, we also saw further instruction of how priests were to conduct themselves in the temple. Uh, sorry, in the tabernacle. Later on came the temple. Uh, how they were to conduct themselves. Uh, so uh, moving on uh, from that, now we're getting into dietary restriction and uh, the uh, food that was permitted and food that was forbidden uh, for them. So uh, on the surface, this can just look like, okay, great. I don't eat bugs and shellfish. Okay. Uh, you know, essentially, but when you look, di dive into it deeper, there's a, a great message here for us to glean from. Uh, you know, when you consider this, uh, these dietary laws, why they're given, it's to remind them who they belong to and uh, their responsibility uh, to uh, the Lord and that they were uh, to be separated from anything that would defile them. And uh, the Lord set the, the tone and uh, set up uh, what would uh, be clean and what would be unclean. And we'll look in that uh, as we go. A key verse to consider as we're going through this is Leviticus 11.44. It says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So uh, when we're trying to understand why would these uh, these dietary restrictions come into play, what was God trying to get them to focus on, if you look at that verse, it's going to kind of set our minds for what we're about to look at here. So uh, these laws are for the Jews only, thank God, um, because I like bacon, um, uh, you know, and I like lobster and uh, in those things, you know. So uh, uh, if you like oysters, you're you're sick. No, I, I went to an oyster bar. I was uh, down in, um, uh, th I hate that's what they call it, but it's an oyster bar. That's where you go and eat those. And uh, uh, I was down in training in uh, Mississippi, actually, where Jenna and I met. So years and years later, I had to go down there for a conference. And everybody in my class wanted to go for uh, this uh, this oyster bar. And I'm like, do they have French fries and, you know, a, a burger or something? So I agreed to eat uh, a cooked oyster. And then I tried one of the nasty ones that are not cooked. There's nothing appealing about that. You can tell me any any uh, thing that, that you want about those. I'll never eat another one. Uh, that was disgusting. So uh, so anyways, uh, we'll, we'll keep going here. But uh, so uh, these restrictions for the, were for the Jews only and obeying them. Uh, kept them ceremonially clean, uh, but didn't make the person holy in character. This was allowing them to be in fellowship uh, and to be in worship if they uh, were to uh, follow these laws. And these, what we're going to see, are temporary. They end at the cross. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, uh, tell us, uh, having wiped out Christ, having wiped out uh, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So all of these restrictions, all even the old law, all of that stuff is wrapped up and it was nailed to the cross, taken away by Christ. Uh, so for us, this doesn't matter. For, for, for uh, New Testament believers, uh, we can 
eat bacon and, and have our lobster feasts and all those things. Uh, but uh, for them, that was uh, uh, unclean. Now, you're going to see the word unclean here. Uh, in this chapter, the, the, the word unclean is uh, written 32 times. Uh, that's a lot <laughs> in one chapter. Uh, and then abomination is 10 times. So uh, there, there's, if we see the focus here, uh, you know, God uh, is, is calling them uh, so that they would be clean and uh, that they would set themselves apart. So he's, if God calls it unclean or an abomination, they and we must treat those things as such. So we'll see how these things apply to them uh, in a dietary way. But how does, how does the principle apply to us in our lives is how we'll look at it also today. So um, there's also uh, an underlying message that we can't uh, just go and try to justify our sin and try to make that thing clean or acceptable, right? You know, consider uh, Eve in the garden, strictly told. You, you you shall not eat of this. And and in fact, Adam, it's it's it might be that he said, if you even think about eating it, uh, we could die, right? Uh, so it, don't don't even touch it, or we're gonna die, right? That's what that that's what Eve said. But the instruction from the Lord is, the day you eat of it, you shall die, right? And that was a spiritual death. They would experience separation from God. But the food looked good to her, right? And, it, and it, it's, it, it had the appearance that would make one wise. So she justified doing that. Uh, if you consider when we move forward in, in the book of Joshua, uh, they were strictly uh, told that when uh, they got into Jericho, they were prohibited uh, from taking things away. Uh, and uh, Achan decided that he was going to take things personally for himself. Uh, and uh, they were to take some things uh, in into the treasury, but uh, he took them for himself and hid them. And that negatively affected the whole nation. Uh, and then the Lord led uh, Joshua to learning that it was Achan. And Achan uh, finally come, came to confession, told him where it was, and he and his family and uh, lost their lives uh, because they it, it seemingly be that they were all a part of it. Uh, but they, you know, think of, uh, you know, just something so, uh, so minor, uh, but he justified uh, his sin uh, in his own eyes. Uh, you know, when, when we uh, consider what we studied even on Sunday, that Romans 12 tells us that we should abhor what is evil and cling to what is good, right? So, so when you look at these things as a whole, there's a lot for us to dive into. So redefining, reclassifying sin doesn't change the fact that God calls it sin, uh, and it is sin in his eyes. So we can do whatever we want, uh, but essentially when God has said, you shall not take part in this, or you shall not do this, and you shall do this, that's what we shall not do, or that's what we shall do, however he leads. So when we get through this, and, and we're going to start now, but I just realized that th that's that's kind of interwoven throughout the whole chapter for us. Uh, so there's a lot for us to, to pick up here, not just a bunch of do's and don'ts, but what are the things, the, the uh, meanings behind it and the symbolism for us, uh, excuse me, uh, to learn here. Uh, Verse 1 says, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, right? So there were times that we'd see God spoke to Moses or Aaron, but here he's talking to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, speak to the children of Israel, saying, these are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, and <clears throat> chewing the cud, that you may eat. So that chewing the cud, it's a, it's a, rumination process where the 
kind of gross, right? Uh, the animals that have multiple stomachs and everything, they'd get it there and then they'd regurgitate it up and chew it out and uh, get more nutrient out of it. Or uh, you guys ever eat jerky, uh, you know, beef jerky. Uh, a lot of people say you're supposed to just keep chewing that and keep chewing it. And I'm too impatient, right? I, I like, they're like, oh no, you just keep chewing it and, um, and, and you'll enjoy the flavor for a long time. I just chew it and swallow it, right? Um, thankfully I don't regurgitate, which I do. I have, you guys know, I have, I have, uh, you know, my reflux, all right? And some, if I regurgitate something, it's nasty, right? I don't, I don't want to deal with that. So I take medicines. You've seen me chewing my little, uh, heartburn chews sometimes up here or my, uh, the things that help me with that, bring them up. But these are designed, these animals are designed this way and they will, they will regurgitate it up and keep chewing and, um, and, uh, they uh, will go through the process and, um, so it's partially digested, then they'll bring it up and they'll chew it some more and partially digested. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they're getting their nutrients out of it. Uh, some examples of these animals, uh, they're, they're, we see uh, some that are being described, but some examples we can see. So this chapter, uh, there's a kind of a parallel chapter with it in Deuteronomy chapter 14. So if you're a note taker or uh, whatever, you'll, you'll see uh, these here, uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 14 verses 4 through 6 say, These are the animals which you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat. The deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the mountain goat, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. So uh, if we're wondering those ones that fit the criteria, uh, those are, are uh, some of them that, uh, that they could eat. So uh, if, if you're trying to figure out, okay, which one had the, the split hoof and uh, that, that chewed the cud and, um, uh, and, and the cloven hooves and all, all these things, uh, you know, what, what were the ones that were included in there? Ox, sheep, goat, uh, deer, some of those are, are, are some, that's some example of what they were able to eat. Uh, so if you're just trying to reconcile that and go, uh, which ones do, which ones don't. Uh, so verse four says, nevertheless, you shall not eat among those that chew the cud uh, or those that have cloven hooves, the camel, uh, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves. It is unclean to you. That doesn't seem, I've never looked at a camel and I'm like, yeah, camels too. Or, or you know what I mean? It's never been something that I've been like, yeah, you know, it, 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 uh, just anyways. Uh, so I'm glad that's really not one that we eat. Um, the rock hyrax, uh, those look like a rabbit and a squirrel together. Uh, so if you want, you want to think of, of what that is, the rock hyrax, because it chews the cud, but it does not have cloven hooves. Uh, it is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cud, but it does not have cloven hooves, uh, is unclean to you. And the swine, though it does have the hoof, uh, having cloven hooves, uh, yet it does not chew the cud. It is unclean to you. Their, uh, their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. So uh, God is, uh, is providing a, uh, uh, okay, so you can eat the clean animals. You cannot eat the unclean animals. Now, what's interesting, if you go all the way back to Genesis 7, God even makes a distinction between clean and unclean animals, even all the way back to Noah. So it's kind of a neat thing when you consider uh, clean and unclean goes all the way back to uh, even even to the days of the flood. So uh, when when you consider what they're uh, what's being described here, like like we were talking about the camel, uh, there's you know, like I said, there's no problem with that one. The rock hyrax, 
like I said, looks like a rock rabbit or squirrel mixture. Uh, and then it says a hare. Now, rabbits chew, uh, but they don't um, have a divided hoof. Uh, so it's it's unclean. Now, uh, this this particular uh, scripture in uh, verse six uh, has has come under great accusation because they say that uh, there's a flaw in the scripture uh, that that um, the uh, a rabbit doesn't chew the cud. If you ever watched a rabbit, we had a rabbit for a short time. Poor thing didn't last long with us. And I don't we don't know if it got sick or. The heat or we did have a bad thunderstorm. Don't know if it got scared and died, whatever. But they're always doing that. You know, they're always chewing. You know, they always look like uh, they're chewing here. So there's been uh, a, a debate about that. But I'm going to sum it up with this. Uh, the Hebrew word clearly explains what is being described here. And the modern day English may lead to confusion about the words. But ultimately, when this was said, it wasn't like the Jews are lining up saying, wait a minute, these don't chew the cud. The way it was described to the Jews, they understood it. So uh, the Jews knew what it meant, and, and uh, they didn't get wrapped up about it. So, but rabbits, um, uh, they may not chew the cud, but they're, uh, they uh, take part in something called refection, uh, and, uh, which is really gross. They eat their own feces. So uh, they re-digest their food that way. So uh, kind of gross. So uh, I'm just going to leave that there. So God didn't give lengthy scientific explanations why he said these things. He just said them, gave them the list of what they could and could not eat, uh, and uh, they understood it, and that was that. Uh, I kind of like that because I think uh, there are there are things that um, the church has has wasted its time on um, in diving into sometimes, and, and we've talked about these things, and, and and not that it's not good to to have a greater, deeper understanding of something. I'm not saying that the Lord stirs your heart and says. I, I want to understand more about grace. Then dive into grace. You know what I mean? But whether what what a rabbit eats or whatever, I, I don't know that you would spend a month you know, looking at that. People smarter than I have have probably come to that and whatever. I'll let them do that. But I, I, I just choose to go, oh, okay, uh, this is what God's word says and I'm, I'm fine with it. So uh, essentially when you look at the, the, uh, the hair there, uh, that's the explanation. So verse 7 says swine. And now uh, they... Uh, pigs were unclean uh, to the nation of Israel, and and uh, and we see why. And I'm glad that uh, that they're not unclean to us because I like bacon. Uh, bacon's really bad for us. I think most of us understand that. Full of fat, but it's full of salt, and it's really good. Um, I try to limit myself to two pieces whenever Jen makes it. She makes it perfectly, nice and crispy. I like it. I like bacon. I don't know how you guys like your bacon, but I like it where I can touch it and it breaks apart. That's how I like bacon. And Jen usually does it perfectly. So um, it's uh, uh, I, I, uh, that's when I struggle. When it's perfect, that's when I struggle to even share a little bit with my dog that's sitting there salivating, right? Uh, because I'm like, I don't want to share it with him. But And then I might have an extra piece or two. But um, I will share a, a little bit of an interesting story. I um, I, I ended up going uh, after I was very I was very new to Calvary Chapel, uh, and I was still living in sin. I, my my life was still full of like half partying, half going to church type thing. And uh, I I went to church one day, and then went to um, uh, a bagel shop in in Bangor. And I went down there. I didn't know it was a kosher store uh, shop, so I'm like, uh, can I have a ham and egg? Uh, 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 you know, I, I wanted oh, I wanted a bacon and egg. A thing, and, and and I'm told uh, they're like uh, we don't have that, and I'm like, and then I asked for the other one, whatever the other one was, ham or bacon, whichever order, 
and I'm just like, how about how about just an egg? Can I just have an egg? Because I was really hungry and I wanted meat and and some carbs with it, and uh, uh, so I didn't get meat that day. But I learned there, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, so it's a kosher place. But so, anyways, we can eat bacon. So uh, the Old Testament meant uh, that they could not eat or touch pig, rabbit, uh, uh, camel carcasses. We'll get into uh, those things uh, here a little bit further, but it says even in verse 8, their flesh you shall not eat and their carcasses you shall not touch. Uh, they are unclean to you. So most of us are like, hey, that's fine. I don't want to touch a dead pig anyways. But God was setting these things up so there'd be no question. Now for the New Testament believer, thankfully, these things don't um, limit us. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 8 verse 8 says, but food does not commend us to God for neither if we eat are we better, neither if we do not eat are we the worse. So we're not the better or we're not the worse. It doesn't matter. We just eat whatever we uh, want to eat. Colossians 2 16, the first half of it, verse uh, uh, a, a says, so let no one judge you in food or in drink. Uh, so we're not limited by these things. Uh, we also, you may remember in Acts chapter 10, right, uh, when Peter uh, had the sheet drop down and, and uh, you know, what God has made clean, you shall not clean, un uh, not deem unclean. So we all celebrate that, right? Uh, so we can still have our bacon. And I'm not a big ham guy. Uh, I don't care for ham, uh, but, uh, but you know, if we can eat it, I do like pulled pork. Uh, I do like barbecue. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful we have those opportunities to eat those things. So moving on, verse 9, these you shall eat, uh, sorry, these you may eat of uh, of all that are in the water, what, whatever in the water has fins and scales, whether uh, in the seas or in the rivers, that you may eat. But uh, all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have fins or scales, all that move in the water and uh, any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. They uh, shall be an abomination to you, and you shall not uh, eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. Whatever uh, in the water does not have fins or scales shall be an abomination to you. So uh, just to summarize it, must have fins or scales for them to be eat, eating them. Uh, they, they're not going to be eating catfish or eel. Uh, you know, in their sushi or whatever, right? I've had catfish before, wasn't overly excited about it. Uh, I just, they're a bottom feeder and they have whiskers. Why do you want to eat it? I don't know. Uh, have you, ever, you guys ever seen the people that do the noodling? You guys ever heard of noodling? Right? It's gross. It's gross. You like take your foot and shove it into a catfish hole, right? Or your hand too, right? And they, for some reason, that's like a thing. Like, okay, now you're getting swallowed by something, right? And you bring it out and... I, I've never understood it, right? So, uh, if, I, right, southern thing, right? My wife's in the south over there, with, you know, <laughs> right? But, sh <laughs> so shellfish, as we talked about, nasty oysters, gross, that's okay, I'm good with that. That would mean uh, lobster, off, off limits, right? What's that? Right, yeah, but they have their, their shells, yeah. So, uh, but they don't have, uh, they have to have both, right? Fins and scales. So, uh, but uh, no shrimp, <laughs> you know, because they've got, you know, a little, little shell there, right? So uh, that, that could be, uh, that's, that's uh, something that I'm glad is not a part of us. So, uh, but, you know, consider bottom feeders sometimes. They're not cooked right. You might get parasites. 
those don't sound interesting uh, and like anything we want. So, uh, uh, you know, the Lord uh, in preserving them, because uh, maybe they wouldn't have learned to cook it right or whatever, uh, they they didn't they couldn't partake in these things. But uh, we had a lobster feel, feed here. I remember on one of the uh, fellowship dinners, uh, Scott brought in like a hundred lobster or something like that. And a lot of us were stuffed to the gills. No pun intended, but pun intended, right? Yeah. So uh, we, we ended up uh, eating a lot of lobster. That was a great blessing. So I'm glad this doesn't apply to us. Verse 13. And these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. Uh, they shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzards, none of them seem appealing. The kite, the falcon after its kind. Every raven after its kind. The ostrich. Can you imagine getting like an ostrich leg? You know, it, I remember we were uh, down in Florida once and I was really hungry, but I had a sugar headache. I, I, I don't know what it was. And I'm like, no more sugar. All I want is a big thing of meat. And they were selling turkey legs. It was like this big drumstick, right, for like eight bucks. And I thought that was the greatest thing. And I'm walking around this this amusement park with a big, uh, big drumstick, like a club in my hand. Uh, can you imagine an ostrich leg? You know, you have to put it over your shoulder or something, right? So uh, the ostrich uh, could not be uh, eaten. The short-eared owl, the seagull, uh, nothing about a seagull that's appealing to me. And uh, the, the hawk after its kind, right? Think about a seagull, right? They eat anything. They're gross. Um, uh, the hawk after its kind, the little owl, the fisher owl, the screech owl, the white owl, and the jackdaw. And the carrion vulture, the stork, <laughs> right? Uh, the the heron after its kind, the hoopoe, and the bat. So uh, I, uh, working in Castine, uh, I I worked with a lady uh, who. Uh, they deal with bats in their homes quite often uh, down there, right? So they keep they keep uh, tennis rackets, <laughs> and they're prepared for them. And uh, it was it was a funny story as she's telling me. She's the one that always has to go, you know, take out the bats, and her husband's like, "Hey, we got a bat, right?" And so she'll go into the uh, into the room and take out the bat. There's there's nothing appealing about any of these birds uh, that, that I look at and go, mmm, tasty. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to eat those things, right? Uh, so these things were deemed unclean. They were birds of prey. Now, an uh, interesting thing with them is these would be kind of double defiled, right? Because they would touch something that's dead, uh, and they'd also have the blood on them. So uh, they would uh, they're double defilement uh, for those things uh, because of touching carcasses and the blood. So uh, this, I know it's kind of gross to talk about some of these things, but uh, we'll, we'll keep moving here. Verse, uh, verse 20, <clears throat> all flying insects that creep on all fours shall be an abomination to you. No problem, right? Yet those that, uh, yet these you may eat of every flying insect that creeps on all fours, those that have jointed legs above their feet uh, with which to leap on the earth. Uh, get your grasshoppers out, right? Uh, these you may eat, the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, and the grasshopper after its kind, but all other flying insects which you have, uh, which have four feet uh, shall be an abomination to you. Uh, Mark Hughes walks up, I think it was a cricket. He had a bag of crickets. 
<laughs> I think it was Mark Hughes. If not, sorry, Mark. Uh, but that sounds like Mark, right? I think it was Mark Hughes, and he had a bag of them, and he said he was going to eat them in front of the kids or something. I might be way off. Just, you know, you can still harass Mark, and, and he'll, he'll be good for it. I have seen people with grasshoppers, and I have been offered them before. Oh, salt and vinegar. Like, you're gross. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's nothing about a grasshopper that I want to eat. You know, uh, Tom, survival school instructor for the Air Force, he can tell you, you know, this, this bug you can eat, that bug you can eat. I hope to never eat any bugs, right? Um, you know, if you consider, you know, Corey and, uh, and, and Becky, Shane and Sarah, they love motorcycles. Uh, they may have swallowed a bug or two. Right. And uh, just it just kind of comes with the territory, I guess. But none of these things are good. You know, they're literally called an abomination. And, uh, you know, grasshoppers popular in the east, roasted, salted. I'll, I'll take my potato chips, you know, if you roasted and salted peanuts, you know, um, but I, I don't necessarily care for uh, the crickets or grasshoppers. Um, those were for killing for me as a kid. You know, I used to love to kill grasshoppers for some reason. Uh, weird, weird thing. My buddy and I went to catch grasshoppers and kill them. And, uh, it just, just really weird, but uh, they're not very tasty. Consider John the Baptist's, uh, you know, his, his diet, right? Uh, we weird dude, you know, when you consider him, but no greater prophet that's walked on the earth than John the Baptist, right? Right. What job did he have? Proclaiming, here comes, you know, a behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, right? And uh, his diet was locusts and honey. And so, very interesting, the Lord provided for him, and, and he wore camel's hair and, and a leather belt. And uh, he, he's an intense dude, you know. You're, you're not the, you didn't see the, um, you know, guys with soft hands, you know, with lotion on their hands and uh, you know, anything hanging out with John the Baptist. I mean, you had to be ready uh, to hang out with that guy and better be ready for some weird meals uh, with him. So uh, we see the unclean and clean flying insects. I'd prefer not to eat any of them. But uh, verse uh, 24, uh, unclean animals that uh, can't even be touched. So uh, verse uh, 24 says, uh, by, by, uh, sorry, by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches the carcasses of any of them shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries part of the carcass of any of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. The carcass of any animal which divides the foot but is not cloven hoofed uh, or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. Uh, and whatever goes on its paws among all the kinds of animals that go on all fours, those are unclean to you. Whatever, uh, whoever touches any um, such carcass shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until uh, evening. It is unclean to you. So this unclean means they needed to be separate until the end of the day. It's different than sin, uh, but they uh, they uh, just meant they were unable to be in fellowship. They couldn't go uh, to the temple or anything like that, and they needed to separate themselves from people until evening. So there wasn't this great like, hey, you're done for the month or the week or anything. But if you're touching these things, carrying them, dragging them, whatever it is, you needed to wash your clothes and you were unclean until until evening. So they had to wash themselves, their clothes, separate themselves for the remainder of the day. Consider, uh, you know, there could have been, uh, you know, bacteria and stuff that could be transferred and those things. So they needed to be separate. So uh, this may make you think of Samson 
who ate out of the lion. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a beehive in there and there's honey to be found, right? So uh, he defiled himself and he ceased to be a Nazarite because of uh, conducting himself in that manner. And, uh, you know, he should have avoided it at all costs. But uh, he, um, he made provision for his flesh. And and took the uh, took the uh, honey and and ate it. You know, Israel needed to learn. When we're seeing all these things, it's important for us to understand. Israel needed to learn uh, what was clean and unclean, and they were to uh, keep away from those things that were unclean, and then enjoy the things that were clean. Uh, so there's a spiritual lesson for us there too. What is unclean in our lives? What is unclean? Uh, sorry, what is unclean and what is clean? What can I conduct myself in uh, that's not going to cause me to sin? And what are those things that I know are sin, uh, uh, sorry, that, that I know are, are good that I can partake in? So I've got these two things. What am I going to do? Am I going to obey uh, my flesh or am I going to obey the spirit? So uh, there's, uh, they had to learn uh, what, was defile, what would defile them, and they also needed to learn discernment here. So we're going to talk about both of those as we, as we go through here. So they needed to understand defilement and then uh, grow in their discernment to know the difference between the two. And then they needed the, the, the discipline uh, to carry out and to live these things out, right? So uh, verse 29 is uh, where we'll pick up here in just a moment. These also shall be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth. The mole, the mouse, Shane is okay with that, right? He's not a mouse guy. And uh, the large lizard after its kind, the gecko, uh, the uh, monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean uh, to you among all that creep. Whoever uh, touches them when they are dead uh, shall be unclean until evening. So uh, not supposed to be touching all these uh, things that are listed here from uh, the mole, the mouse, the lizards, the geckos, uh, all of those types of things. Now, uh, this would cause Jewish women in their ho their housekeeping to be very careful, uh, you know, as they're grabbing out a sheet or something like that. There might be something dead in there, so they uh, they'd want to ensure that they weren't touching something that's unclean. So, uh, and you know, uh, so when they're in the house every day, even the men when they uh, you know come home from working from providing uh, would be careful, right? They're not just going to grab the the, the, the mouse by the tail and, and uh, drag it out. That would make them unclean. So uh, they, they just had to be careful with these things. Uh, if they touch them when they're dead, they were unclean until evening, and that can become a headache for them. So they uh, learned ways of uh, making sure they weren't uh, defiling themselves and uh, causing any undue stress on them. <clears throat> Verse 32, anything on which any of them falls uh, when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is uh, any uh, item of wood or, or clothing or skin or uh, a sack, uh, whether it is uh, whatever item it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water and it shall be unclean until evening, then it shall be clean. So all those things mentioned above, anything made of wood, clothing, skin, or, uh, you know, something that was, you know, a sack that would contain things in it. Uh, uh, if any of those, uh, any of the dead things should fall on those things, they were to be put in water until evening. Uh, they required the washing of water. 
Uh, that probably is springing something into your mind, the washing of the water of the word, right? Uh, so uh, we'll just continue here. Any earthen vessel into which any of these things fall, you shall break, and whatever is in it shall be unclean. Uh, in such a vessel, any edible food upon which water falls becomes unclean. Uh, and uh, any drink that uh, may be drunk from it uh, becomes unclean. And uh, everything on which a part of any such carcass falls uh, shall be unclean, whether it is uh, an oven or a cooking stove, it shall be broken. Uh, for they are unclean, and it shall be unclean to you. Uh, so uh, if there was anything dead that fell into an earthen vessel like a clay pot, uh, that needed to be smashed. And, and now, for my wife, that's not a problem. She's okay with that. Uh, she loves to, what, that, thing, that, that looks nasty, we're going to throw it away. And I'm like, hey, let's put some hot water on it. You know, I'll scour it, and it's it's clean. And I'm I'm in that party. My wife's in the other one. Uh, she uh, she cooks my food, so I'll 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 um, uh, you know back out. I do cook on the grill. Um, I'm actually fairly fairly good on the grill. So we have different things, but she's a much better cook. When we first got married, neither of us knew how to cook, right? And uh, every day we would um, we would have. Uh, pretty much every day, tuna helper over <laughs> when we were in Italy, right? We were just starting out, and the only thing, and, and I was the main cook just because I had lived by myself. Uh, her mom is a professional cook, so she didn't really have to really learn how to cook uh, much. I'm sure she picked some stuff up from her mom, and then she got to the point where she was getting really good, and she'd call her mom, and I loved it because she's starting to get all these good recipes, right? And uh, but for a while, all we ate was tuna helper and whatever we would go eat in, in in Italy. But we realized, you know, we were still very young in our military career, weren't making a lot of money, so we couldn't go out to eat all the time. But when we ate at home, tuna helper, uh, and because I I was living the bachelor life before I met her, and and I learned, okay, if I like this, I'm just going to eat it every meal. And and then she got sick of it, and we had to figure something else out. And um, we tried to do a, a turkey, right? We tried to do a turkey, but we didn't know um, uh, the difference in uh, in the uh, the dials over there. You know what degree it needed to be at. You know we're looking at Celsius and all that stuff. We had no idea where it needed to be, um, and uh, we tried to do a, a pumpkin pie. Uh, that actually, I got I, I I got I sliced my thumb open with that um, uh, cleaning up afterward. But I dumped a whole pumpkin pie inside the the the, the oven itself. Um, I we. We're trying to bake a pie, and uh, we didn't have it turned up enough. And it looked like it was down on the top, and when I went to take it out, I just had my mittens on, and I didn't realize you cook it uh, on, or you pull it over on something more sturdy. And I grabbed the sides, and it started folding, because it was all liquid on the inside, right? And I'm going, this is hot, and it's either on me and melts my skin, or it goes inside. And I spent, what, days cleaning that out because it went on and we had to return our stove uh, back to the Air Force when we left. And there's a reason I don't cook, okay? So uh, um, so the, the care for the kitchen items and stuff, she loves it. She'll pick out nice things. Uh, but when it comes to something getting on it or whatever, uh, if we've had it in storage or whatever, no, I think we're good. You know, and it, it just if it, you know, there's there's something there to make her question. Did something step on this or whatever? Throw it away. I don't even want to see it, right? She's not wasteful, but uh, uh, I'm more on the, the side of like, 
Uh, let's scour it. Let's let's you know boil it and, and do whatever. But anyways, I've talked about that enough. But um, essentially, uh, if it was an earthen vessel like a clay pot or something, that would be broken. Uh, even an oven or a stove would be broken down. Right. So there's, uh, you know, when we see here this, uh, you know, obviously when any of these, these things are dead, uh, there was uh, there was uh, a rule and a uh, command that these things would be broken. Uh, you know, when you think about a mouse, they're pretty much pretty disgusting. Right. Uh, so, you know, if it's dead, nobody really wants to eat a pot that it's fallen in, fallen into or any of the food, like it says, that are in there. Right. Uh, so nobody's going to want anything that was in there anyway. So whatever's uh, inside those things, uh, food or drink, they're unclean anyways. Verse 36, nevertheless, a spring or a cistern in which uh, there is plenty of water shall be clean. But whatever touches uh, any such carcass shall become unclean. Now, this is interesting. Uh, you know, a spring or a cistern, a reservoir, um, uh, where there's plenty of water, it shall be clean. Uh, where there's water, there's cleaning, right? Uh, that, that, that should be, that should, especially in this church that I know uh, many of you here, uh, students of the scripture and you think of water, right? Uh, and uh, we think of washing of the water by the word, right? And, um, you know, where there's plenty of water, there's cleansing, right? So if it, it fell into a stream or something like that, you don't deem the stream uh, un, because there's there's a lot of flowing water or even into a, a cistern where there's a lot of water. Uh, so water makes the difference, right? So that's uh, that's an interesting uh, little nugget in there uh, for us to uh, be blessed by, you know, where there's a lot of water, right? Think about it, right? Psalm 1, uh, you know, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates uh, night and day uh, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that nourishment that constant nourishment right that it's just a neat thing uh, within here uh, that that I, I like where there's plenty of water there's cleanliness right where there's plenty of water uh, that's where we are are built up and we're well nourished in our faith so uh, just a, a neat little nugget uh, there for us but uh, if this thing uh, these dead things touch anything with uh, carcasses and everything they're uh, they're unclean so whatever else touches them those are are unclean so verse 37 if a part of any uh, such carcass falls on any planting seed which is to be sown it remains clean but if uh, water is put to the seed and and if a part of any such carcass falls on it, it shall become unclean. So water, moisture, I consider bacteria may transfer, whatever it is. But God says uh, that it must be unclean to them. Uh, if it's a seed, a dry seed, no problem. If there's been water on it, then it's unclean. Uh, verse 39, and if an animal which you eat dies, uh, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. He who eats of its carcass should be unclean. Uh, uh, shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. Uh, he uh, also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. So, don't touch dead things if it's avoidable. 
Uh, but you consider things like burying dead animals if you had a farm and stuff like that. Uh, if, if they had to touch these things, uh, then they would be unclean. Uh, eating of uh, something uh, that, that, that dies, uh, where it says an animal which you uh, may eat dies, uh, you know, if you're eating of the carcass, roadkill, uh, any of those types of things, then it would cause them to be uh, unclean, right? So because the blood hadn't been drained out. Uh, so uh, there, there goes uh, there. Um, so those things would uh, cause them to be unclean. So there's some some weird stuff there, but uh, thankfully God's covering everything and making sure they understand. Right, verse forty one. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Uh, whatever uh, crawls on its belly, whatever goes on all fours, and whatever has many feet among all creeping things that uh, that creep on the earth, these you shall not eat. They are an abomination. Uh, so creepy crawlies, uh, don't eat them. Uh, many feet uh, doesn't sound appalling to me, and it doesn't, uh, you know, it just just doesn't doesn't sound good anyway. So I'm okay with that. Um, Tom and I have talked about it. He's like, no, if it's got more than six legs or eight legs or something, right? More than six or less than less than six. More than six, you shouldn't eat it. Guys, I'm okay with that, right? I just I, I don't plan on turning over stumps and start eating things. But if you need to survive, call Tom, and he can help you out with that, right? Uh, verse th uh, 43, you shall not make yourselves abominable uh, with any creeping thing that creeps, nor shall you make yourselves unclean with them, lest you be defiled. Uh, so don't make yourselves abom abominable. Uh, if you do these things uh, that are unclean, uh, they're going to find themselves in a spot where they're unclean. So don't play around. Don't don't mess around with these things. Very clear instruction on how they should be conducting themselves. Verse 44 says, For I am the Lord your God. We need an answer for why of any of these things. For I am the Lord your God. <laughs> there's, your, there's your answer. He set the rules. They were to go by them. You shall therefore... Uh, consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth, for I am the Lord uh, who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy, because he is God, and he said so. And then he says, therefore, uh, and then there are three things said after that. You shall consecrate yourself, which means dedicate yourselves to the Lord. Be holy, for I am holy is the second one. And don't defile yourselves with sin that might creep around, right? So they're told, don't mess with these things that creep around. But we can look at it uh, from a spiritual uh, aspect, right? Those things that creep around, right? They're, they're not so much that are the, the obvious thing, right? These creepy things usually are hidden under something. Or, or, or you're going to find them uh, in the corner or in the dark or whatever, right? Those things that might be creeping around uh, should not be played with in our lives. Those things that need to sneak their way into our lives, whatever that is, right? You realize, wait a minute, this thing's creepy. This thing's, you know, uh, just, just kind of creeping around. It's here. You know what? I'm going to keep that out of my life. Dietary restrictions, yes. For them, th these are how those things... But the spiritual application for us that we can we can uh, you know look at this here and say what are those little creepy things? What are those things that might creep around that would defile me? That would come in? What 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 are those things that would be considered sin if I partake in those things? 
Avoid those things. Don't partake in them. Don't let them be a part of our lives. So there's a defilement here that is, is mentioned here. You know, that defilement caused separation from others. Uh, because it, that that uh, conducting themselves in uh, partaking uh, or, or the partaking of those things uh, would defile them and it might spread to others. So there's a physical and spiritual application. Uh, you know, consider some of these things are talking about like dead things and, uh, you know, those things and even uh, the dead things with the carcasses and, and uh, the animals that would eat them and have blood and all those things. Right. So there's some practical hygiene here, but God established what was clean and what was unclean. And uh, they were to follow that. Now, other nations might have been able to do those things and that might be appealing to them. Right. Like, man, that smells really good. You know, uh, they're walking by in a, in a market, uh, walking by somewhere or whatever, and, you know, bacon's cooking or, or whatever. But they, to them, it was unclean. They were not to take uh, part in them. They were called to be different. They were called to listen to and follow God's, God's word and, and not be contaminated by the ways and methods of the, of the world. You know, there was a symbol, right? You could, you could look at these things, you know, especially for us and see uh, that there was uh, uh, a difference. They were called to be different even in their, uh, you know, consider, uh, you know, uh, the, the circumcision. They were called to be different uh, to a, a different standard, uh, even uh, with, with sexual, um, in, uh, you know, with uh, their sexual practices, right? Uh, and only uh, within a marriage, right? Uh, while the, uh, the uncircumcised, the, those that weren't following the Lord, there was the difference there. But that circumcision, uh, they, they came to trust in, but it was really supposed to, really, they were supposed to apply that to the circumcision of their heart. Right. They, they missed that part and they just started trusting in those things. Right. So those things that they were called uh, to, to be separate, uh, they, they were called to be separate. So if the nations around them were conducting themselves, they still were not to be partaking in those things. They had to be to be separate. Now, consider that even uh, for the individual. But think of the church. Right. What are the some of the nonsense, the nonsensical things that. I, I, I watched a um, this video uh, that this guy made, and I'll, I'll have to um, I'll have to share it uh, maybe with some of you or whatever. But there was this uh, compilation of of ten churches that uh, that when uh, Super Bowl time came around, the church became a football spectacle inside the church uh, the church, uh, and uh, they were doing all kinds of things. They were literally kicking Bibles like they were kicking a field goal. You just just consider that is the most precious book that's ever been written. It's the it's that book is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And here they are using it as a prop. Right? Whatever. I don't care what the prop is. Why are you kicking a Bible? And then they've got like worship teams playing music, and you got the pastor swinging around on a wrecking ball. Right? You guys might have seen that one, but I saw the, these top ten. So any of you want to see it, I'll send you the link. It's hilarious. The church is called to be different. What are these things that are going to be stupid that will defile our worship? Why should we be partaking in those things? That stupidity. The guy who did it was perfect. He's this tall, hilarious, but very stoic in the way he did it. It was awesome because he wasn't sitting there laughing and everything. Very, um, He had sarcasm down perfectly. You know, he's in a suit and tie and the way he did it was great. I loved it, right? The church is called to be different. 
Church is called to be different. G. Uh, Campbell Morgan said this, the church did the most for the world when the church was least like the world. Right? Israel was not called to be like everybody else. Even their diet needed to be different. Needed to be separate. Right? Consider that for us. We're Christians. We don't have to follow this diet. We don't. If anybody tells you you do, they don't. Okay? They don't. We don't go back to those things. Read Galatians. Right? Galatians. Paul's just telling them, foolish Galatians. What are you doing? What? Who has bewitched you? You know, these things don't apply to us. But we are called to be different. That our conduct should be different. So we're also required, and what you see here is there's a discernment, right? To consecrate yourself. They had to use discernment in their lives, knowing what was right was and what is right and what is wrong. To abhor, like we studied in Romans 12, 9. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So we need to be able to properly identify something like they did for what they were eating, but properly identifying for them it was food. For us, we need to properly identify sin. Do we identify it as sin? Not reclassifying it like hey, I'm gonna in my situation I'm gonna make it acceptable. No, we don't do that. Sin is sin is sin, and it's to be avoided. You know, there should be a proper uh, response to it. Abhorring the, the wicked and clinging to what is good, moving forward with that. So how do we do that? Knowing the word of God, respecting it, and obeying it, right? So these dietary laws uh, were temporary. And uh, when we consider uh, what, we're, uh, what we're looking at here, so they're, they're called to not eat foods that would defile them. Right now, uh, now we see that these are temporary, and I'm going to give you some verses that lead to that. Uh, one uh, from Mark chapter seven, and then we're going to go into Acts, and then we're going to get into First uh, Timothy four. But Mark chapter seven, Jesus is talking about defilement. Uh, verses fifteen, uh, then seventeen through uh, twenty-three say uh, there uh, there is nothing. This is Jesus speaking. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. But the things which come out uh, come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. When uh, he has had entered a, a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning this parable. Uh, so he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? But it does uh, does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying foods, all foods there. And then he goes on in verse 20, uh, and he said, whatever comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For uh, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile a man. The defilement. Acts chapter 10, verses uh, 12 and 15 say, uh, In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth. So talking about the sheet uh, that, that came down that Peter saw, wild beasts, creeping things, uh, and birds of the air. And a voice spoke to him again second time. What God has cleansed, you uh, must not call common. So when Peter saw these things, he's like, Lord, I can't eat of those things. And then the Lord uh, corrects him and says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. 
God has cleansed, right? 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter day, latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Dietary laws, temporary. But the principles in them are permanent. So when we consider you know, what these principles, the dietary laws, tell us, believers must exercise discernment and avoid what is unclean. Right? We're told to be holy. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilth uh, from all filthiness uh, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and through 11 say, And this I pray. That, you, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. So Christians are called to a, a purity, uh, to, to cleanness, be holy, and, and to conduct ourselves with discernment, right? They were, back then, they couldn't conduct themselves in this, and they needed to be able to discern between the two. And, and knowledge and dis all discernment, that you may prove the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. So we're called to a cleanliness of living and discernment, right? So uh, if we want to say, well, I didn't know and everything, but we're called to know, right? So there's a responsibility for us. Know the word of God, respect it, and obey it, right? Those are things, as Christians, you guys are here Wednesday night. I trust that you're taking your faith seriously, right? Uh, and uh, we're, we're here, we're, we're reading these scriptures, we're learning from them, that we need to be able to uh, discern what is clean or, or unclean, what is sin and what is not sin. And uh, it, when we have, when we're exercising that discernment, uh, we're going to find ourselves in much better shape for our lives. We're going to finish this out. Verse 46, <clears throat> this is the law of the animals and the birds and every living creature that moves in the waters and every uh, creature that creeps on the earth to distinguish between the unclean and the clean and between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that may not be eaten, right? So they need to know how to distinguish the clean and the unclean. So the identification of what is clean and unclean, and uh, you're able to do that based on discernment. So many of these things are hygienic uh, benefits, uh, are what they had, diseases that were avoided. Uh, but the main reason was to teach these people to appreciate uh, cleanliness and shun whatever is unclean. They belonged to God. So I've got a, a few more uh, scripture verses to share with you, and, and then we'll wrap it up. 
Second uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen uh, verses. Uh, sorry, Second uh, Corinthians six verse fourteen through seven verse one. Uh, so we already read seven verse one, but we're we're going to look at it here uh, one more time uh, just at the end of this. I promise it won't kill us. Okay. Um, so these things should be heeded by Christians because we belong to God. They needed to heed those because they belong to God, and God made the rule. We need to heed uh, what He has told us because we belong to Him. So 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 18 say, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Belial, and, uh, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what uh, agreement has the temple of God with idols, for what uh, for sorry, uh, for you are the temple of the living God, and God has said, "I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people." So, when the Lord is dwelling in us and walking among us, and He is our God, these are things uh, that we need to consider. You know, what, what, who am I associating myself with, and how might that affect my life? There, uh, for verse seventeen. Come out from among, among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Goes into the next verse in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, those things that were just said before, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. There's a, there is a requirement for us to conduct ourselves in the way the Lord commands us, right? So, so Christians, right? We, we know the ultimate goal for anybody coming into the church is for them to accept Christ, right? Whenever they come here, the goal is for the sinner to repent and become a Christian. But then there's growth required. And then there's a Christian life that is to be lived after that. So, so we, we want to let somebody know in, in any time you're leading somebody to Christ is to let them know this is a life-changing moment for you. This isn't just a, a emotional. So um, I, I love Christian concerts and I love Christian events. But oftentimes what I've seen is many people will just get emotional about it. Right? And what we need to be able to do is pull them aside and say, I know your emotions are going crazy right now. Somebody could just say, uh, just, you know, just preach to somebody. And, and if they want to embrace that truth, great. You want to embrace that truth because the Lord is stirring in your heart. But you have to understand the deeper part of what this means. This means that you're actually turning from your old life and you're turning to Christ. And you're going to live a whole different life walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, yielding our will, yielding everything to him. Where we don't have the strength, we say, God, I don't have the strength to do this. Spirit, fill me with the strength that I need. When we pull somebody aside and say, do you understand? Because, right, we have to, we have to, um, we have to count the cost, right, that the scriptures tell us. Count the cost. This is going to cost you everything. But it's really going to cost you nothing because you didn't have anything before. But it's going to cost everything, right? So you can say, all that old life that you were living is gone. The old life, God, Christ, right, praise God, right? He's called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. The old life is gone. We don't drag around that unclean carcass, right? We've talked about that. We have nothing to do with that, 
right? We separate ourselves from it. Those scriptures that we just read, the separation and the discernment to be able to look and go, this is unclean, this is clean, right? Oh, God is so good. He's so good. We got five minutes. I'm going to share with you my last two things here. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. If you diligently heed the word of the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandment and keep the statutes, I will put none of these diseases on which I have brought the Egyptians, uh, for I am the Lord uh, who heals you. Right. Uh, just consider the, the, what God is saying here. Diligently heed his voice and uh, do what is right in his eyes. And he's going to keep us from the junk that can come in. Right. The last uh, verse. Uh, uh, I lied to you. I have two more. Uh, the last references I have for you. Deuteronomy 7 verses 12 through uh, 12 and 15 says, Then it shall come to pass because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers and the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known uh, but will lay them on all those who hate you so when they're being called out of these things uh, when Israel is being called out of Egypt and God is saying hey Take all this junk away. Don't partake in those things. And you're going to see a protection that happens in your life. You're going to see uh, the Lord blessing and in, in keeping you. Remember, the diet was for the Jews. It only dealt with ceremonial uh, uh, laws, and it was it was temporary. The spiritual principles of separation from defilement and exercising discernment still very much apply today, though, don't they? So, um, you know, when for Christians wrapping this up, if this we can ask ourselves questions, right? When trying to discern, should this part be a part of my life or not? Is it from God? Is it from God? And how am I going to know? Uh, how does this line up with Scripture? The Scripture is the authority of the Christian's life, right? So if we're taking something into consideration, does this line up with the Word of God? Is there anything in here that's going to defile me, that's going to that is going to cause me to sin, right? So we need to consider that. You know, think uh, and, and think of how those things might creep in, right? We talked about that. Uh, he gets us. Uh, thing uh, that the, the that they they don't get the fact and what they don't preach the Jesus they don't preach is the one that calls to repentance the one the one that that calls us and and makes us new forgives right do you love that on each of those it says former prostitute former this former that like calling us out of those things guys and another question we should ask is should this be in my life should this be in my life? So wrapping this up, I know I've said that like five times, but today's society, everyone has their own truths. Christians are called to discernment. We need to know. You know, in today's world, truth and morality are fluid. These days can be summed up this way as they were in the end of Judges. The last verse of Judges says, uh, Judges chapter 21, verse 25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right. So in my ninth closing here, we must be holy and clean vessels, consecrated, which means dedicated to God alone, undefiled and full of discernment. We have to be. 
That's what we're called to be. So when we read this, we understand these are dietary laws and uh, the laws for conduct for them. But what can we take from it? We must be holy and clean vessels that the Lord can work in and through. Uh, we are to be consecrated, which means dedicated to God alone. We're to be undefiled and full of discernment. We've got to know the word of God and apply it to our lives and obey it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that your word doesn't let us stay where we're at. calls us to a growth, to a maturity. Oh, there's so much here, so much meat within this here, Lord. Help us, Lord, to grow in discernment, understanding clean and unclean. What is sin and what is not? What should we be abhorring, those things that are evil, and what should we be clinging to? And, Lord, give us the strength to cling to you. Lord, help us to give ourselves over to you and to walk with you. We're sinners. We're times weak. Help us to walk in the power of your spirit. We thank you that we can trust in you and in your power to give us discernment, to keep us from wicked things. Help us not to dive into them, but to walk with you and to cling to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.